1: and I'm in caretaker charge this week because Chris has cried off with a poolie throat. Get well soon. Uh, I'm joined this week by uh, by Ali again. Ali was with us last week. Ali, how are you?
0: Not too bad. It's been a, quite a good weekend for me again this weekend.
1: Uh, I bet it has. It, uh, <laughs> as as you've mentioned, it, let's get straight into it then. Uh, Liverpool, 4-0 winners at Bournemouth in, in Saturday's uh, lunchtime kick-off. Uh, Salah with a hat trick and Steve Cuckoo had... The beast of all beasts playing uh, at the back for Bournemouth with an own goal. Uh, Ali, top of the table. At this yeah. Point, at, at this point, you didn't know how long you were going to be top of the table for. Obviously, things went even better as the day went on. Um, care to sum it up for us.
0: It's it's one of those that you're just trying not to get too carried away. Remember, it's only December. Um, but I mean, I think I said it last week. Whilst I still don't expect us to win the league, like the way we've been playing. Um, Seems sustainable um, to win the league. It's just hoping that we can take advantage of any slip that obviously City make, which they did, and we can come up to that later. But it was just a Bournemouth for the perfect team for our Liverpool team to play against. You know the way they play football. I thought um, uh,
1: as soon as Wilson was ruled out, my, yeah. my confidence in you winning that game went much much higher. Beforehand, I was obviously you were favourites, but I thought. You know Wilson's good for a goal. Bournemouth are generally quite strong at home. As Soon as he was out, I thought mm, this might, this might not be as close as it might have been.
0: Yeah, he, I mean he's pivotal to everything they do, isn't he? Um I, is there, I, didn't, I
1: didn't think much of King who came in and played that role on his own. Really, he didn't really get in the game.
0: No, it shows how. Like, I mean, I, I've. I think we spoke about it. Was it last week we spoke about Olsen? or? Uh, yeah,
1: Willoughby. yeah,
0: and we just said how like who who would go to, but I think watching Bournemouth yesterday um, makes you see how important he is and you could see maybe why uh a Spurs a Man United and even a Chelsea would look at that type of player um because he does bring the level up whether he's good enough to make that step up or he's the the big the big fish and the little bond type type player but um it definitely I mean it must be the same for any little you know little club when they lose their best player, it must automatically give the opposition a boost. Mm.
1: Oh, definitely. And, you know, for all weeks we say, you know, he, he should move on. You know, it, it'd be nice sometimes if a player did stick with the club, um, especially if they're not going anywhere where they're going to start. I know we've talked about this before, where he's not, where is he going to get a game outside of the top six? Well,
0: outside not... The top you, six, rather. But. Yeah, absolutely. That's what, I mean, as, as we, the three of us, with Chris as well, um, mentioned last week... Um, why leave when you're... I think Bournemouth will be a comfortable top-half team. Um, I think he'll stay in and around the England squad. I don't think moving to a bigger club guarantees him a start for England. I think Kane's got that, you know, wrapped up. Mm. Um, and as you say, where's he going to go? I mean, you personally don't think he would get a game for Liverpool the way our front three relies on Firmino. Um, Spurs again, Harry Kane's got that sewn up. You don't see him getting an Arsenal team We with it and Bamayang. Um, I mean, Man, man City will not even—that's not even worth discussing. Um, so you've got Chelsea and Man United, really. Um, maybe could start for both, but it's I, not guaranteed, is it?
1: I think both would probably have higher ambitions than Callum Wilson, with with great respect to him. But Man United would want to make a statement signing if anybody. Uh, I
0: think, so especially now, won't they?
1: Yeah, and, and Chelsea. Well, well, I mean, it's it's been well documented how how, yeah. how they spend, but. Uh, whether they would pay it for Callum Wilson, who in himself is going to cost more for them being English. Well,
0: that's it, yeah. You're probably talking 40, 50 million, I'd say. You know, in that 30 to 50 million anyway, bracket, being youngish, English, now in the England squad. Um, I assume Bournemouth have got him tied down to quite a good, quite a good contract. Um, so, again, as you say, why risk it? They play good football. He's probably got the best young English manager. Um, in the Premier League just now and Eddie Howe we complete faith in him yeah Um, yeah, a bit of loyalty I mean I I would rather see him earning you know because obviously at the end of the day it comes down to money for a lot of these players Mm. but I'd imagine he's not on like peanuts at Bournemouth Um, just tied himself along and you never know if he develops and and he takes that next up in in his own personal growth you never know where he could go or you know Hurricane you know gets an injury or Decides to go abroad, you know, If like a Real Madrid try to make their usual 100 million marquee signing and decide Harry Kane's actually a good footballer, um, and Wilson goes there, because I think that's more the club he needs to be going to, you know, a Pochettino club, yeah, where he's going to get the same style of manager, the same coach, who's going to build the team around him.
1: Yeah, it, I mean, he's, he's going to have options, but I think for now, he's probably feeling quite loyal to Bournemouth. They've obviously seen him through two pretty serious knee injuries, which again, I'm assuming he's 100%. It he he certainly seems to be, but who knows what would show up on a medical. Maybe that's in the back of his mind as well.
0: Um, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, obviously the Fekir deal comes to mind for obviously, yeah. for Liverpool. I mean, <laughs> so, you, so you don't know what shows up, I mean, and how how serious clubs take them. I mean, we rumoured like called, called the whole deal off because of uh, the injury and yet he's not missed a game all season and he's, and he's flying in France. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean... Yeah, I mean, I I like to see player loyalty. Um, something will come on in a, in a later game that we do, um, which I'm quite disappointed by the club side of things. But um, I think player loyalty is just... It would be nice to see a player, as you say, just staying there, not taking the money and jumping ship to possibly ruin his career mm. um, by sitting on a bench, no game minutes. Um, especially now when, you know, if, if the team goes out there out third round of the FA Cup, you could see them not making a game for the rest of the season.
1: Well, that's a fair point, that's a very fair point. Um, last thing on this, Liverpool um, obviously flying at the moment. Uh, big game in midweek against Napoli. Were you kind of surprised to see Salah complete 90 minutes given what's at stake on Tuesday night? Or uh, are, you, like, are you sure it's going to be a done deal?
0: I, I don't know. Um, this was a, a major discussion on Saturday, obviously when this sub started to get made. Um, I think if we took him off, Think he might have got a bit upset. <laughs> um, huh. Not that that should matter, obviously, because the long-term goal is to make sure we win on on Tuesday. Um, but I think for players like Salah, um, who seems to have like now shooken off the the shoulder injury properly, now you know he, he yeah. seems to be much more comfortable. I think he's 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 very much like Suarez in that way that he just wants to play, and I think games help him. Obviously, you'll get rests. Um, and he'll get some time off in certain games and obviously coming up to Christmas um, but I think with the early kickoff off um, on Saturday with obviously what was happening with City later on um, and then obviously Tuesday I think they're, they're just two important games I think Klopp just sees if he can get out of these two well three because you'll talk, obviously we've got Man United on Sunday I assume it'll be um, and maybe just rest them in one of the, the fixtures after that depending on on who's coming up. Um and it all depends on how fit Manny is as
1: well, I guess. Yeah, I obviously it's helped him having um an hour off on uh, Wednesday night against Burnley. Um Yeah. And of course you've got the free midweek coming up shortly when I think it's uh Carlin Cup, whatever it's called these days, it's the Cup quarters, which are called Liverpool aren't in, so I guess it's all about managing his minutes and he's, he's, he came off early in the ish in the Merseyside Derby as well, so he you know, he's he maybe had his rest so to speak and if they're happy with him from a, all the data science whatever you want to call it these that's days. it yeah
0: the sports science now which is completely taken over football which and rightly so um, mm. I mean they can manage minutes and they they can see when players in the the green amber red and, and obviously we we all know and we all you know moan and groan when players pick up injuries in these hectic Christmas periods I think Liverpool and I assume every team is similar but we've got 11 games in, in 40 days I think it is Um so, I, I assume his game time will be managed throughout. Um, but I, he's just such an integral part of our team. And without Manny and I, I just think you've got to kind of just abuse him <laughs> and milk him for all he's worth. Um,
1: well, for your sake, I hope Napoli have someone like Steve Cook playing for them because uh, <laughs> yeah. what a what an awful day that was for him, like, he's, he's been That's... pretty good really all things considered for Bournemouth since he's come up and obviously they had him in I think they had him in League 1 and possibly League 2, I can't remember, but he's been around there for a long time and I, I, I kind of assumed they'd just replace him over time but he's still there, but uh, he was shown up badly yesterday. It was one hell of
0: an own goal, wasn't it? Oh, wasn't it? <laughs> that was special.
1: Um, the old reverse solar. So. Yeah, I,
0: I, 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 the more I see it, I can see how it's happened, but mm-hmm. it just seems one of those like it seems to be like a fundamental clearance, and it's just gone gone horribly wrong. Well, um,
1: that's it. I mean, it's uh, it'll, it'll never be able to do it again, but. Uh, the, the one mo- of
0: those the, games the, yeah the most Salah I think it was his hat trick goal though oh. where he puts the keeper on his on his ass and then puts the defenders and just like oh you know it's just not a good day <laughs> defensively when that's happening to you
1: no I mean I mean, to be fair for Salah's second goal Cook tried to end his career pretty much by st- yeah. st- standing on his Achilles which didn't even get him booked for I don't think
0: um, no that was actually a big talking point Actually, I, mean, I should have actually brought that up so that like, for the referee not bringing that back and, and at least, as you say, at least a yellow card, um, oh, no, because it's scored.
1: Fair play to Salah for staying on his feet, but, because obviously he scored the goal as well, but uh, that's an awful tackle.
0: Yeah, I mean, and, and this is what we were talking about in our other WhatsApp group this morning about that, is seeing that the player go unpunished for, for such an action, is it any wonder that players don't stay on their feet yeah. more, you know? Well, exactly. There's no reason like there's no reason Salah couldn't have went through and scored and the referee still pulled the player and cautioned him or if it had been any worse and as you say, I mean that's argument like that could have been a season ender you know, if he'd caught him the right way. Um, or wrong way, obviously. He's obviously not intentionally doing that, I don't believe that, but um, he's meaning to foul him. You know, it's one of those that he's just trying to probably trip him up and caught him the wrong way. But that, that puts Salah out and could cost Liverpool a season, Can cost a player, mm-hmm. you know, a season, and, and they're not getting punished for it, and you you wonder why, and that's where the, the you know, the famous talk of diving and simulation comes into play, that why should players stay up if they're feeling touches, because, you know, defenders and midfielders aren't being punished for such.
1: Well, that's exactly it, and you made the point there, why would you stay on your feet if uh, the other player gets away with it completely? It's, uh, it's it doesn't make any sense. So, Fair play to Salaf is for staying up, but uh, the ref really should have gone back and booked him. As it is, it didn't matter. So uh, we'll leave Liverpool for now. I know you could probably talk about them all night, as uh, they're um, <laughs> flying at the moment, I would say. Um, and we'll move on to the, the three o'clock games on Saturday. Uh, Arsenal, Huddersfield. Arsenal are expected to really rag up the goals here, the, the form they've been in in recent weeks. But they just about got the win. They won 1 0 thanks to Lucas Torreira. Um, do you see much of this game?
0: I, I see the highlights, yeah. um, just like the, the five-minute YouTube highlight on it. Um, and it seemed to be a typical Arsenal performance of this season, where they've not played great again. Um, but they're winning. Um,
1: they always find a way, don't they? I, mean, I thought Torreira took his goal very well. Um, nice, little acrobatic finish from, or albeit not very far out. But uh, Torreira gets better every week, um, which I'm... I'm sure Chris will tell us more about it next time he's on, but uh, he really seems to have filled that gap in midfield, which has been missing for you know, possibly ten years plus. Whenever Gilberto Silva retired, um, how you seen much of Torreira before he came in the Premier League?
0: Or? The, the World Cup. Um, yeah. That that was it. First time I'd heard of him. Um, obviously, there's a few people that I know who'd seen him um, and kind of raved about him. But it was the I, I still believe it's probably the usual YouTube hipsters, you know, who've watched the compilations. Of every player in the world. I'll tell you, um, tell you what,
1: man, I do find that Uruguay, like the hipsters' national choice. Like, yes. if anyone mentions Uruguay, um, bloody hell, like all, all these uh, football hipsters have seen every Uruguay player ever. Have you ever noticed that, or is that just me?
0: No, no, you're, you're 100% right. And I, I don't believe about any Uruguay player unless I speak to Jessie. <laughs> she can say the names better and she's actually seen them play. Oh, yes. um, but yeah, it seems, it's just it's that hipster country as well, isn't it? Everybody seems to love them. You know, that, that let her go centre-halves obviously are there and Suarez and Cavani. So they've got those, you know, marquee players. So everyone just seems to drift towards them. They seem to be like everybody's. Belgium was for a while as well.
1: Yeah, Um, Belgium are too well known. And (laughs)
0: Uruguay (laughs) may (laughs) be less.
1: It's it's definitely a thing. Um, A negative point from this game: uh, three different Arsenal players got booked for diving. Uh, On the one hand, fair play at the referee for uh, being consistent and giving the cards out, but bloody hell, three times in one game. I mean, this is meant to be a new Arsenal.
0: Yeah, some things won't ever change though. Like well, we can we can do something, you know. They can they can sign a defensive midfielder and that tough tackle on one, but they've still got to stick to the. Well,
1: this is it, and it was um, you know the, and uh, Mustafi. So three, you know, defensive-ish minded players.
0: <laughs> defensive players as yeah, well.
1: <laughs> Unforgettable, really. Uh, i think all three yeah. should deserve to have the book thrown at them i mean they they got booked which means they can't be banned any further which i think is a rule that is stupid uh if you bring in any sort of rule which says look if you dive you can get booked in the game afterwards it'll be reviewed if we agree it was a dive have a ban that would stop diving pretty much immediately in my book um,
0: <laughs> yeah they, if, if, if they want to stamp out they definitely need to enforce something else um because as you say, once a player's been yellow carded. Obviously, the FA and no one else can then look back on it because they've noticed that the referees, you know, called it. But yeah, something needs to change. If they want to stamp out, I mean, I I, I have no issue with with diving. I, I mean, if players get caught and they're cautioned, I'm I'm happy with it. But you know, let's be honest: if if your team's in the 90th minute and you need to win to win the to win the league or to win a cup. Um, and a player deliberately dives and wins a penalty. You know you're, you're accepting it happily all day long.
1: Mm. <laughs> it's one of those things, isn't it? Where if everybody else is doing it, you know why should why should you not do it? But yeah, I know it's not it's not uh, too too long to make a right, but uh, uh, if if one team's gained from it, every other team's going to try and gain from it, and you know some you get, some you don't.
0: Yeah, it's just it's one of those. I mean, it's what do you think we can ever clear it up out of the game?
1: Uh, I think we can go a long way to helping it out the game. Uh, I mean, there's some things where there's the slightest touch, and unless you actually the player in that moment, it's probably very hard to judge whether it's been a whether he's thrown himself over or not. Like if if you get tripped and you're running, like let's say Adamatry is running, he gets tripped. I imagine it would send him flying, even if it's just the slightest tap. But uh, it's it's some of, them, some of them are harder to judge than others, shall we say?
0: Yeah, I think those ones. Are... The ones where there is actually contact um, are hard to to do, but it's the ones, obviously, the ones who just, like the Ashley Young type, mm. you know, the ones he's famous for. Um, I think just simulation overall is a problem. I mean, there was one, Scott, who does the Extra Time Show um, for Man of Post. He was watching a, an Italian game midweek and a, a player had broke through. He, he got his shirt pulled back. And then, then threw himself to the ground like proper. And he, he was actually booked for simulation, which was extremely good refereeing. Um, and he disagreed with it because obviously the player had been pulled back, but obviously he'd been cautioned for the reaction, the fact that he took an extra two steps and then threw himself to the ground. <laughs> um, those are the, the, the decisions I really you know that I like. Obviously, there's players who feel contact and go down and just try and make the most of it. Those are the ones that are the trickier ones, as you say to to make a point against um, because you never know how hard they've been touched I thought well Walcott really got a bad reputation but because he was running so fast you know the slightest touch on him could knock him you know easily five, six yards mm. um, but oh, I don't know it's just one of those um, I mean we can't condemn cheating but it's always I feel it's always going to be a talk about it, unless you bring in like severe punishments but I think there's a lot worse things going on in football that's,
1: that's true, yeah. I mean, fortunately, I mean, this season, there's been a lot of dives that have been picked up. Um, I think, anyway, there's probably many others which haven't, of course, but uh, I think generally, I seen at least once a weekend, someone gets booked for diving, I think, at the minute.
0: Yeah, and do you know what? You're right. Like good, We need just, when the referees are, because obviously it's a breach of the laws, so the referees are seemingly getting their job, you know, more more accurate and more efficient in the season than that. So then start backing the referees as you say with maybe a harsh punishment maybe for the first time they get it they just get an automatic one match ban mm. um, even though the referee can only award a yellow card um, because obviously it can't be proven at the time the referee just assumes so so if the referee's got the decision right following you know a panel checking it on a Sunday or a Monday and award the player a one match ban if it happens again you know up it maybe as you say that might be the, way, the best way to go around to yeah Stamping out a little
1: bit more. I mean, they seem to want to referee as much as they can after the game, at the minute. I, don't, I mean, the amount of things that get reviewed now, it's, it's boring on farcical in some cases. Um, so why not, you know, slow it down and say, oh, look, if there's, if there's some touch there, if there's even the hint of a foul, then we'll leave it at just a yellow card. But if there's not, if we can clearly prove it's a dive, have a ban. I'm sure Scotland do it already, don't they, in the SPL?
0: I, I've gave up on SFA. It's become a complete farce this season. Um, it's it's hard to keep up with. But um, I, for diving in Scotland seems to be worse this year mm. than ever before. Um, I can't remember. I just seen a game at the weekend where somebody swung an arm, and it was maybe about a yard away from the player, and the player threw threw himself to the ground, holding his face. Um, oh dear! Which is. He, just farcical, you know. Just
1: if even the Scots are joining in, there it's uh, it's a sad time, isn't it? Well,
0: it's, it's yeah. not as flamboyant as when as when the Premier League does it. It looks very, <laughs> very, very amateur, shall we say? Uh,
1: the they, they, they need more practice.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: next game of the weekend, then um, Burnley one, Brighton nil. Um, this was looked grim from the highlights. I'll be honest; like the goal for Burnley came from uh, James Tarkovsky. Sort of chesting in a Jack Cork shot from a set piece that was a bit of a scramble. Um, I mean, it's Burnley's first win in a while. Uh, they've got them out of the bottom three. Brighton have been on a good run recently, so kind of a surprise to see them lose. But generally, Brighton away from home aren't always that good. Um, do you have anything to say about this?
0: <laughs> I think isn't Tarkovsky just back from injury? Um,
1: yeah, they're, they're, like... I think they kind of rushed him back because without him. I mean, they weren't good the, with him, but without him, they were even worse. So.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's, he's easily their best centre centre defender, though. Um, I mean, there was a reason he got called up to the England squad at the end of the season. And, and there was a couple of bigger clubs looking at him, seemingly forgetting that Burnley played 10 centre defenders. So they're always going to look solid no, defensively no. last season. But, um, I mean... It's like the, the Crystal Palace and Sacko thing, you know. It's When you've got that one standout defender, he makes such a a huge difference to the way you play. So, I mean, he just might be, as we said last week, he just might be that spark, you know, that gives yeah. them just that bit of solidarity. Just the confidence, maybe. You know, just that. I mean, I mean, you know for yourself, for, as a Newcastle fan, you just get something in you that's a bit of confidence. Yeah. And then you can get a run of games together. And this might be just what Burnley need to to pull them away from the bottom of the
1: table. Well, I mean, him and him and Ben Mee were uh, pretty much the, the rocks on which last season's success was built on. It, those two and Pope, between the sticks, were, uh, were probably their three standout performers. Um, yeah, obviously.
0: offensively as well. They were, well that, they're it. always but, a threat.
1: They're worth their weight in gold from set-pieces, aren't they? Especially, as you say, when they've got so many big men, you can't mark them all. Um, so it obviously helps a lot. Uh, the delivery from the likes of Brady and Goodmanson generally on the money as well so if Burnley can keep the big lads fit and keep the deliveries coming in I'm sure they'll be fine but uh, they needed something badly because they, uh, they've they been so poor recently defensively uh, it was no surprise they weren't really winning games
0: Yeah, I mean it's taken them off the bottom of the table as well I mean it shows how tight it is around that you know, from probably 14th you know, Cardiff are sitting 14th just now, um, down. Um, You know, there's only a couple of wins and you can jump up. So, I mean, it's a massive win for Burnley. I mean, I don't know who their upcoming fixtures. I probably should have looked more into this before we come on. But, you know, in this such a hectic period, as we, we mentioned earlier, you know, the run of games, such a hard time to get points. But also, these are the games that, you know, the big clubs don't really want to go to. You know, if they've got a couple of games against... A, say a Burnley and a Huddersfield, a Burnley and a you know, a, and a Brighton, mm. like back to back, you know, with three days apart. That's it's not ideal.
1: Well, Burnley's next two are uh, Tottenham and Arsenal, both away. So I think oh. I think I think they <laughs> need <near> those points. <laughs> that's
0: a massive. See, that makes it even more because I mean, say you can get one point out of those next two fixtures, and and you're ahead. I mean, four points out of nine, and you're. Well, not laughing but for a uh, burnley that's that's huge
1: i mean that win took them to 12 points being on 9 points at christmas which they would have been staring down the barrel at had they lost that would have been uh, it would have looked a bit rough wouldn't it but uh, at least they've hit double figures before uh, before we hit the everyone says christmas is like the deciding time isn't it whatever the table looks like at christmas is probably a rough guide as to how it's going to be for the remainder
0: yeah especially come january you know once you've got out of that yeah. that congestion um I mean, that's why. I think there, there was a, a mad start, isn't it? Aren't Liverpool the only team to be top from Christmas to win the Premier League? Oh, that's,
1: that's...
0: I mean, it could be. 13-14, I'm pretty sure that, that was a start that went about um, either Christmas or the week. up By New Year, anyway, I think Liverpool were top 13-14 season. Mm. Um, we're the only team in the Premier League era not to have went on and won the Premier League. I
1: mean, yeah. quite, quite often there's a team well ahead by now. Um Certainly, last season was the case with Man City, wasn't it? So, um, I mean, as a neutral, I'm just happy to see a title race. But uh, I, I mean, obviously, you'd rather be ten points ahead. But
0: <laughs> I, I would, yeah, as as a Liverpool fan, but as a football fan, I'm still the same as you. Mm. I, I I want to compete. I mean, there's actually Liverpool fans on on Twitter talking about that they would, would have much preferred Man City to win on Saturday to always be that two points behind because then it feels like there's no pressure. You know, you've yeah. always got that.
1: I think uh, Rafa Benitez, when he was when we were in the championship and we kept t- uh, changing places with Brighton, he said something like, "I'd rather be the head of the mouse than the tail of the lion," mm. which might not be right, but it sounds it sounds good. That sounds
0: like a Rafa quote. <laughs> Do
1: I well, basically? <laughs> mind, I can't remember which way around it was, but someone had a mouse and a lion, and obviously one has a tail <laughs> and one has the the head trying to catch the tail. Uh, you get the gist but anyway I, yeah, I can tell what you mean sometimes it's better to chase isn't it but
0: uh, yeah. I, I actually I'm, I'm quite the opposite no I'm not wanting to bring it back on Liverpool but um, I quite like the fact that we're ahead of them and they've dropped points to see how they react obviously the massive thing's going to be Liverpool drop points or lose a game eventually um, and it's to see how we then react to that but I mean, Man City have looked, you know, untouchable for two seasons now, really. Um, mm. So it'll be interesting to see how they react as well next week. Chances are, obviously, they'll go out and win 17 <laughs> 0. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, right it's down. just, you know, when they've, they've no De Bruyne, no Aguero through injury, um, that's it's that's always just, that's it's that's nice that's to see.
1: <laughs> Seeing as you've, uh, we've, Made a little tangent there to uh, to man city let's stick with man city and chelsea which was the 5:30 kickoff. um chelsea won 2-0 man city's first league defeat of the season um ngolo kante opened the scoring which of course if you've been listening to us regularly we've been questioning for weeks why <laughs> yeah. why ngolo kante has been playing in this sort of advanced midfield position took a goal very well fair player um, and then david louise headed in the second which uh, again he's had a rough time recently he obviously got ragged a bit at Wembley by uh, Son and friends. Um, It turns out he's a big game player, there's just very few games big enough for him, uh, because he was outstanding yesterday uh, and his header really topped it off. Um, uh, Me and Chris have been saying for a few weeks now, Chelsea have hit the skids, what's going on, people have worked out how to play against them. Uh, Lost to Wolves in midweek, um, and then to go and beat Man City... Stamford Bridge. I don't think anyone saw it coming, which is a bit stupid really when you think about it. But when you think of the players Chelsea got at their disposal, the, it should always be a, almost a 50 50 game really based on the, the respective squads. But uh, they were very good. Um, you mentioned there uh, Man City missing Aguero, missing De Bruyne. Um, they went with Sterling as a false nine. Obviously, we'll, we'll come on to what happened with Sterling in a moment. Um, do you think this was uh, someone finding out how to stifle Man City? But also having the capabilities of attacking them as well, which again isn't always the case.
0: Uh, it's, it's a strange one. I, I, I've been, I've been the same as yourself and Chris. I've not understood how how Chelsea have won so many games. I, I don't get the Jorginho, Kanté hey, tandem. Um, <coughs> the the midfield, you know, seems very easy to pass through. Um, I mean, we failed to do it, but <laughs> I, I, I genuinely felt Chelsea. I mean, when we had. Henderson, Wijnaldum and James Milner you know that's that, it's, it's not it's not what Man City have at their disposal in midfield but they just played right into Chelsea's hand I mean the way, I think personally and a lot of people obviously think I'm stupid but I think the way to beat Man City is to be offensive against them unless you can you know counter, you sit back, defend very well and hit them on a counter attack because they're not great defensively um, in fact they're not even good defensively really they're good defensively from the front, um, but the best way to get Man City is to attack them. And the way Chelsea had set up yesterday, where Aguero, uh, Hazard is the is the false nine type, mm-hmm. um, and having Canty further forward, first time this season, I'll say that was a great decision because obviously we know the type of player N'Golo Canty is. If he can be pressing, you know, city's midfield and attacking midfield and defence, getting that ball higher up, as I think one of the commentators on Sky actually summed up very well, you know, doesn't matter if you if you're pressing them down and you foul them thirty yards from their goal, you can get back and set yourself up, you know, but yeah. if you're fouling them thirty yards from your goal, that's when Man City are going to cause you problems. And after, especially after the the goal, I don't think Man City troubled Chelsea whatsoever. I think, as you say, Louise was outstanding. Um, I'm actually a David Louise fan. Um, he, he he makes a mockery of me sometimes um, for <laughs> supporting him, but he just he just comes across as such a nice, fun guy. Um, and he, there's talent there. I mean, I think Rafa didn't Rafa play him at defensive midfield? Oh, probably. in Chelsea, yeah, and and probably. and I think that I think that's maybe more suited to him because he's then got cover behind him mm. um, and he can go forward because he made a couple of tackles and, and he went forward a few times that William didn't read a pass I remember correctly like he intercepted a pass went past a player um, and then tried to set William down the line his header was outstanding um, and for once he was very calm and solid like, in the centre of defence as well um, I just think Chelsea and, and Sarri got it you know, got it down to a tee. I do think that's the way to beat Man City. But I thought not enough teams are going to do that in the Premier League because a lot of it could come down to gold. I think Rafa sets his teams up, you know, that way. You'd rather lose 1 yeah. 0, you know, get, maybe sneak a nil nil 1 0 win uh, than lose 5 6 nil. which Man City are more than capable. Like Liverpool lost to them 5 0 last season. Um, just trying to attack them and they hit on the counter attack every time, and they're so clinical. So it's it's a risky one, but for teams like Chelsea and dare I say Man United and Spurs, you know, they shouldn't really be sitting defensive against Man City. They should be quite comfortable to go, not, you know, head to head, but just a bit more.
1: Well, it just shows just sure there's another way to play them, isn't it? There's sort of, sort of a hybrid of having this defensive structure, which, as you say, Rafa and the like tend to favour. Um, but also being able to attack them in such a way. Uh, it obviously helps when you've got people like Aspilicueta, who yep. I thought was brilliant, uh, particularly with Sane, who's been a handful for weeks now. Um, he obviously got taken off quite early in the second half because he couldn't get any change out of Aspilicueta, uh, which well, makes a big difference.
0: Yeah, I mean Aspilicueta. I can't pronounce his name. I'll let like <laughs> you see it. But he's been one of the you know the standout defenders of the Premier League since he's since he's come in, hmm. um, moving to centre half. Um, for the three at the back as well and i mean i still think that if they had kept the three at the back they would have been much more efficient um with the players they've got available but um moving them back out to full back um allows Alonso to be more attacking as well on the on the opposite wing um it's just a, i don't know what you i mean I just, they don't look like a team that could challenge for the league there just seems to be something missing and not just the striker role um I mean, if just the best player in the world, then Hazard could turn up more than three games a season.
1: Well, I think um, he hasn't scored for weeks now. I don't know the exact number of weeks, but uh, certainly in the league, it's been quite a while since he last scored. Obviously, he registered two assists yesterday, but you wouldn't have said there were you know, wonderful bits of play that got him the assists. One was a corner, and one was the layoff for um,
0: he's
1: His form was so good at the start of the season, he really has uh, Oh, he's almost tailed off, really.
0: He's he's the more, like I am a huge Hazard fan. Mm. Um, I, I just think he's wonderful talent. But as the type of player and the roles that he plays, he needs more output. Like if like well, on to Raheem Sterling, obviously, which we can talk more on later. about. I mean, you think you're, yourself and Chris have mentioned him a few times, just like you wish his you know, his uh, England performances were more like Man City's performances, but. That's the way Hazard seems to play for Chelsea, like the way Sterling plays for England. He doesn't get enough goals and assists for me, and in that role in the systems that Chelsea play, that has, surely has to affect. It has to affect that. I I don't know if Mane, Salah, a Sterling, Asani, Sani, um, even going down to like Rashford and Son, you know, who all kind of play the, those roles at their clubs, got the figures and the stat goals and assists. Over the course of a season, the hazard gets whether they'd still be guaranteed first choice players, or clubs wouldn't be looking to improve. You know, because there's such pivotal roles. None of those clubs. Well, talk them a bit different because obviously Harry Kane gets a lot of their goals, but a lot of the, the big clubs now the goals come from wider areas, and if they're not scoring, you're looking for them to get. You know the, the simple assists and and Ste- and Sani gets quite a lot for Sterling at the back post. You know yeah, yeah. just that cut across goal, but Hazard doesn't seem to do either. He, he seems to always get the the hockey assist. You know it's always the pass before the goal. Um, hmm,
1: that's what you mean.
0: Yeah. But, but for me, as as a Chelsea fan, I'd really be hoping Hazard to get plus ten goals, plus ten assists a season. You know in that in that bracket, and I just feel he doesn't do it and. It's very frustrating um, watching such a talent, and there's always this talk of him going to Real Madrid and being the best player in the league. And I, I just don't think he should ever be in those discussions until he's hitting those numbers.
1: Well, that's very true. Um, I mean, there's been a big deal at Real Madrid this season about them not having a goal scorer to replace Ronaldo. You wouldn't say Hazard would go there and score 30, 40 goals in a season,
0: certainly. I don't. No, and it's not like Ronaldo only done it in Spain. You know, Ronaldo's last couple of seasons at Manchester United before he left. You know, he was hitting high numbers, and the output was, you know, was wasn't quite the mm. the Real Madrid numbers, but you know, it was still elite elite numbers for the Premier League. I mean, obviously, the certain players went on and you know topped that over the seasons after it. But I think that's just the way football's going. So yeah, I mean. If you're in Real Madrid and you're seeing Ronaldo, who's getting 40, 50 goals a season, plus probably 10, 15 assists, and then you're going to replace him with Hazard, who's going to get, you know, what, 10 and 10 maybe in Spain? Mm. Um, unless, unless he takes his, his level to a new to a new step. But right now he's hitting numbers that you, your likes of, like a Ryan Fraser would be happy with. Um, and I think that's probably
1: playing down Ryan Fraser's role in Bournemouth, really. Yeah, well, I see where you're coming from with that. Um, the other big talking point from this match <laughs> uh, is the disgusting abuse that Raheem Sterling received. Um, Raheem Sterling came out on, uh, was it Instagram or Twitter or our social media platform this, this morning and basically blamed the media for it. Um, it's unacceptable that it's still happening in this day and age. Uh I hope the book gets thrown at the guy or guys who were involved. Um, there's been plenty of videos knocking around on Twitter and things of the guy giving out the abuse. Um, what's your take on this, Ali? Um, last like...
0: night, last night I was undecided whether the guy was guilty. Um, I wasn't sure if he said what he did, or he said he used the word mank instead of black. Mm. Um, I mean, you could never believe lip readers, you know. It's so... I don't know what's, what's the word. So, there's no fact to it. You know, it's a, it's a matter of, you know, what, the interpretation. Yes. Um, I
1: mean, I should point out this is all alleged at this point, um, but the fact that Sterling's come out to have this to is yeah. suggested he's heard
0: something. That, that's what, that's, and I, I said this to Adam over in our group chat today as well, the fact that Sterling's addressed it, and he's he normally quite quiet when it comes to addressing... Things and the, especially the media stuff, um, and he's come out and mentioned the, the che- what happened in the Chelsea game and how he's not surprised. And that's quite sad mm. that a young English player has come out and said that what what's been said isn't a surprise. Uh, it's quite disappointing, as you say, in today's day and age. And there's just there's just no room for it in the world, let alone football. It doesn't matter if you hate the player; you can surely you can come out with some other sort of insult. Um, because we've all been guilty of insulting opposition players, you know, at games. But it doesn't have it should have nothing to do with colour, race, nationality, yeah. you know, anything like that. But and and I brought up in the ever as I say our chat earlier, and I do believe the media they're not to blame for it because this man we have seen in the video looks like you know early fifties type gentleman, um, but. They they seem to normalise it with their headlines, whether they mean to or not. Um, the, the abuse Sterling particularly takes in the media, um, and I do believe it's due to his, his background. Yeah. You know his colour and background compared to, Ev, say, I and mean, I mean, Piers Morgan, is the prime example of this today that if, if Wayne Rooney got lambasted in the media the same way Sterling does but when you look at what Wayne Rooney was getting lambasted for and what <laughs> Sterling, you know, Sterling's buying a house for his mum and um, he, the, the gun tattoo in his leg is it's something to do with his father um, I think so, yeah being been shot when he was younger so it's like, just just stop Like it's uh, the only thing we can say and I think the nation um, needs to come together, and you know, it just the media outlets saying you know it needs to stop. But it shouldn't take Raheem Sterling putting up an Instagram post for people to realize this is going on.
1: No, it shouldn't. And uh, I mean, what you would say is that that guy is sat in more or less the front row. Um, there are people around him who obviously who said who presumably said nothing to him or nothing to his steward. I mean, we don't know, but uh, that's where it's got to start, really. If there's people who've clearly heard what he said because they're sat much closer than a police officer or a steward or, you know, whoever makes the final decision on these things, um, they should be taken upon themselves to, to say something.
0: Yeah. It, I mean, it just takes one person. And I, I mean, this is not just even a football game. I mean, we see this on, especially on social media, yeah. the, the amount of videos that go around on racial abuse, on, on bullying, um, and people would rather video it and say disgusting comments in the, The message saying, "Oh, look how bad this person is," rather than put your phone down and do something about it. Well,
1: that's that's exactly it. Yeah, um... and
0: and that's what this is. What us as a nation, and it's not obviously just our nation, but we can only control our nation. Um, And if one person just you know one person intervenes, then you'll see more. You know, it just takes that one person. Just be that person. Um, If it's happening around you in a football game, um, I'd like to think, obviously, any of the people I speak to about football and obviously everybody a man in the post we'd all like to you know we'd be the first to say something if anything's been said around us it's just it's 2018 come on what are we doing get a grip yeah Uh,
1: let's move on to uh, back to Saturday's games and Saturday afternoon's games rather Um, Cardiff and Southampton Uh, (laughs) Cardiff won 1-0 I have a question for you as a Scott Uh, what is Callum Patterson
0: well, I was going to ask you, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I was speaking to a couple of friends at work, um, Hearts fan, um, who obviously seen him much more than, than I did. And he is exactly what he is at Cardiff. He's a left fullback who sometimes plays up front. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I, I always I was under the impression that he was a left fullback who just scored goals, um, and I think somebody got injured and he ended up playing up front for a period of time, or maybe it was in reverse, but he's just a terrible footballer who can score goals with his head, um, he's just a big bruiser.
1: He just seems like a real handful, like he's, he's Neil, Warnock's yeah. wet, Neil Warnock's wet dream, it's like having a forward thinking Sol Bamba really, because he just throws himself about. And uh, what? What I mean, obviously, he's got his, his tash. Is that always been there, or is that just like a move Mo, thing? Or is that? I like...
0: think I think this is new. I can't remember this <laughs> from his time in Scotland. Um...
1: So he's got the tash. He's got when he there was a goal last week where the ball was in the net, and he decided to two-foot attack it, <laughs> uh, and then he celebrated his goal yesterday with some crazy fucking dance move. I mean, right out of the eighties. Uh, and I liked it as he was doing it, one of his teammates slid through his legs. I don't know if it was pre-rehearsed, but he just seems to be having the time of his life. It's uh, it's very odd. I, I find it hard to deal with. But anyway,
0: um, Cardiff... <laughs> just, just one thing. On his Wikipedia page, under playing position, guess what it says?
1: versatile. It's got to be in there you, somewhere. You,
0: you just... <laughs> his utility for it. I think that sums them up. He's just... hes not—he's just where, where, where do you need me, boss? He's just right. that guy who turns up on a Sunday morning still drunk from the night before. <laughs>
1: uh, that I can believe. Uh, he, he looks like he's had a few jars in his time. But uh, fair play to him. He's been integral to Cardiff's recent upturn in form. Uh, Cardiff are now 14th. They're uh, 5 points off the bottom of the table, which I think Pretty much all of us predicted they'd be at the bottom or in the bottom three, certainly at the end of the season. Maybe not at this point, but they just keep going. They keep doing what they do best, which is basically being shithouses.
0: houses. I mean, it's. I mean, you mentioned that. Obviously, we both kind of. I brought up Rafa and the way he sets up, and then obviously the, the different styles of game. And Warnock's got his way of playing, and he's picked his players who are suitable for certain roles. Um, Paul has got away with it for years at um, Stoke. If it works, can you really argue against it? No, I mean, I've, I've been like saying snobs, but it's a business. It's a lot of money to stay in that Premier League.
1: I've been saying it, Chris for the last few weeks, like I don't like Warnock, but I fully respect how he's gone about this with Cardiff because he hasn't put ten men behind the ball in any game that I've seen. He's said, "This is what we're good at. We're good at getting the ball in the box, competing for the ball, second balls." Um, you know, all this kind of stuff which is normally associated with the likes of Pulis, as you say. Um, he knows what he's working with. He doesn't pretend to be something he's not really. Like He's not like he's saying, "Oh, you know, we're trying to play like the Barcelona way anything like that. And sometimes it works, and sometimes they get beat 4-0, 4-1, whatever. A- against the teams around them, they've got a very good record. And it's not like every team down the bottom plays like Arsenal. You know, a lot of them are very similar, really, in style. It's just Warnock at the moment getting the results.
0: Yeah, he's he's just bought his team very well for that. Actually, he's like Callum Patterson is is, is pinnacle to it. You know, he's just that. Uh, you know, the the throw your body on the line, get get in front of it first to every ball, make sure you win the second one. Um, just it's just something that's. I mean, you hate playing against it. That's mm. like Cardiff. If you ask me, if I would rather play. Like a an Arsenal, a Man City, or a Cardiff, three games in a row. You know, Cardiff would be my last choice. You know, they're the team you never want to go up against. Yeah. You know, they're going to make it. They're, as you you summed it up perfectly. You know, you are going to go over there and steamroller them because you get an early goal and that just settles it down. But they're the team that, if you are nil nil at sixty minutes, you are thinking, oh god, here we go. Um, and as you they're always going to take points off. I look at Cardiff for a team that can always that can win somebody else the league. You know, coming up against them in the last game of the season or a midweek game, you could see them dropping points. Never an easy place to go to.
1: Yeah, and that's, that certainly seems to be the case anyway. Um, Their opponents, Southampton, were very poor again. Um, they finally peddled Mark Hughes on Monday, I think it was. Um, yeah, Monday morning, yep. Yeah, and they replaced him with Ralph hassan um, Do you know anything about War Ralph, or is he
0: new to you? <sighs> Just that he was the Leipzig manager um, a few seasons ago. Um, I think he put out a contract, didn't renew his contract uh, two year ago, maybe last yeah two year ago. I think it was. Um, but I think that was at the time that Leipzig had kind of came to fruition for everybody. You know, the yeah. again the the hipster fans, the Bundesliga ones, um, Leipzig become every, <laughs> they became everybody's team. I mean, they became a lot of Liverpool fans' teams. Obviously, once Kate became on the on the radar, so. I think, yeah, I mean, he's got an unenviable task regardless, you know, Mm -hmm. um, are they going to, I mean, they've given him a two and a half year contract, I believe, I I assume it'll be really a bit longer, two and a half year, I assume it'll be till the end of that season in two and a half years' time.
1: Yeah, you'd think so, but Um, as you say, unenviable task, um, they're now 19th after yesterday's results, Uh, as I said last week Southampton's games are all feast or famine in that they're either playing teams right around them or they're playing against the top six side uh, it's um, it's not a great run of games they're at home to Arsenal next weekend away to Huddersfield which already looks like a bit of a six pointer um, home to West Ham just after Christmas which is um, West Ham are in great form at the moment uh, and then um, Man City at home just to round off the year so it's it's not great.
0: Do you, do you think the owners are maybe looking at these run of games up till New Year as kind of freebies? Yeah. Um, got, got, got because, I mean, as you say, you're not expected. I mean, I'd not knowing what it's like to be down the bottom of the table, but I'd imagine it's like the, the top six, top eight, perhaps, are kind of just games that you, you, you kind of look past. Mm. That if, you, if you get a point out of them or you can sneak three points, great bonus, but obviously they need to be looking at the team's around them. Yeah. Um I mean even up to like say so yourselves and Cardiff um currently um trying to just to get points off them or at least drawing so they're not going ahead and then trying get you don't know how much money they're going to be given in January. I assume he's been given some sort of guarantees because the squad isn't good enough to be in the Premier League um in my opinion. I, I do believe they should. They will be down there, the, which we obviously thought Cardiff and and Huddersfield types were going to be there. It's, it's um, and
1: I, They've got a lot of players who, are, like Charlie Austin, who you know probably the majority of Premier League clubs would have taken a chance on maybe a year ago. Yeah, um, and he hasn't really been in form. He's obviously he always he's always had a lot of injuries. That's not new. But if you think he was getting twenty goals a season for QPR when they were in the league probably three or four years ago now. Um, he was, he was pretty lethal, to be quite honest with you. He was uh, very good for, for QPR. So he's obviously got it in his locker, but uh, there's too many players there who aren't performing. Um, and I don't think they've got any creativity, particularly at the minute, which is obviously stifling. They've got three or four decent forwards, um, but it's not like they're missing tons of chances, as far as I can see. They're
0: not, yeah, I mean, the thing is, with a, with a struggling team, you need a goal scorer. Mm. Um, I mean, we can come on to talk about obviously yourselves later on, Dave, eh, but. The most important thing when you're down the bottom you can get somebody who can get those goals and so if I'm done a fortune relying on two players who have missed more minutes than played in the past you know probably three seasons and that's got to be a concern when that's where you're relying on your goals coming from.
1: Yeah it's uh, I mean we've, we. I think I say it every week but they haven't really replaced Tadic for me. Uh, Tadic was, yep, least, was, nope. was the one sort of difference maybe. Yes, he had some shit games, but he also, when he was on, Southampton went on.
0: Yeah, he's got a spark about him, is not he? Yeah. He's just that uh, that type.
1: And if you sell him players to Ajax, um, he's obviously got something about him. Uh, and I know they brought in Stuart Armstrong, who's been reasonable in recent weeks, but before then hadn't really been seen. And he's, I don't think, from what I've seen, he's the same kind of player. He's more of a late arriving in the box kind of goal scorer midfielder rather than the likes who's going to pick a pass um, so that's a problem he's going to have to solve uh, as you say I imagine he's been given some assurances for January um, whether he has players in mind from his time in the Bundesliga or not I guess we'll have to wait and see but uh, they had to change it because things weren't working to Mark Hughes I think we can all agree on that um, one win in 16 in the league this season um, so it probably wouldn't be much better if we went back to the time of the start of Hughes' reign. Really so, um, so they haven't been on a, a downward curve for a long time now.
0: Yeah, I can't even say I feel bad for them because there's so, so many terrible players for a lot of money. It's, <laughs> it's their own problem for not investing properly. But their investment, their recruitment, sorry, has been terrible. You know, they've made a lot of money off good players for Southampton, but really bang average players. Um
1: I mean, they've sacked the whole lot now, haven't they? The whole all the recruitment stuff. Uh, yeah. Is it Les Reed who does a lot of the recruitment? He's gone. I think he's gone anyway. But um,
0: well, just it seems rather silly when you think of the players who've come through, even the academy. Going back to Chamberlain, yeah. uh, Walcott obviously came through there, um, and then the players that they recruited back in League Two and stuck with them all the way. To the, and I mean, these players got them to the Premier League and got. Uh, I can't. What was the manager's name back then? Oh, I could see his face, but you know he got him into a reasonable position in the league. The first season they were in, you know, got the Blalanas of the world, England corps. Is this
1: Cooman, or did they have some
0: before? Oh Koeman? no, the the one who got them promoted to the Premier League. Uh, he had been with oh,
1: Nigel Atkins.
0: Yeah, you know. So I mean, he, he wasn't a great manager, but their recruitment team had just recruited well, you know, and kept the players there. And as you say, it's criminal to. You can't then sell all these players for profit, and then get rid of your recruitment team. There's a reason they made so much money off these players.
1: Well, again, I'll put the advert out there. If you're a Southampton fan and you want to come on and tell us what's going on, uh, please get in touch because uh, you know we'd like to hear from you, and uh, yeah. you know we can only give our our uninformed opinion, but we'd like to uh, get a. A saint who's thrown through if you don't mind uh, coming on and giving, it, giving us your opinion.
0: It must be frustrating for being a southampton fan because they must um they've made so as i say they've made so much money of selling players because being realistic clubs like southampton and that they probably are looking at bringing in players in the cheap, you know, developing them and making profit of them. Hmm. Whether that's a sustainable model which we're seeing with southampton it isn't but Surely the recruitment should still be able to bring it. I mean, you've got to remember, this is the same recruitment team that took the chance on Victor Wanyama and Van Dyke from Celtic. Yeah. Uh, you know, when a lot of the bigger clubs were too snobby to do so. And only within a few years, you're, they're doubling their money on Wanyama and seven times their money <laughs> on Van Dyke. <Dijk. laughs> and it's well, not like Van Dyke's just stepped up a level... Because he's playing for Liverpool, Van Dijk's performed at this level, in my opinion, since his Celtic days.
1: Not completely. He's uh, he's always been a good defender, hasn't he? Uh, he's just now yeah. he's in, now he's in a team that's challenging. It's obvious how good he is, especially as you know you weren't the the tightest defence in the first place before he turned up.
0: <sighs> yes, uh, seventeen clean sheets since he's two, since he's came in in a year. Um, it's not bad, is it? Ten ten out of sixteen this season. Yeah, that's pretty. Deep. Some something silly. I mean, when you think how bad we were. Um, for the last couple of seasons um, and uh, if Van Dyke was to lose a leg uh, at Christmas time I'd still start him over our centre-half play for the club <laughs> <laughs> so we need to stop getting back into Liverpool yeah, well, easy done. I apologise well,
1: <laughs> spe- spe- Speaking of clean sheets uh, Fulham continue to be the only club out of the 92 in England who have uh, not kept a clean sheet uh, they lost 4-1 at Old Trafford yesterday Um I know they won 4-1, but I don't really have an awful lot to say about it. As I say, Fulham are terrible, um, defensively at least. Uh, Man United, Rashford turned up. They got their early goal, got couple of early goals. Ashley Young's goal was very good. Um, do you have anything you want to add about this? Um, I'm aware we've, we've, we've taken a lot of time so far. so
0: Yeah, there's not much to say, isn't there? I and I don't think it's going to push Man United on anything. I think Fulham are just that team, aren't they?
1: Yeah. It's, uh he's I mean, got a big job on his hands, similar to to uh, Southampton. Really, they've they've given him a bit of time before January to assess things. But uh, Fulham, like Southampton, have nine points, but they've conceded far more goals. They're on minus 24. Wow! I know. And Man United have moved up to sixth. Uh, although Everton could displace them if they beat Watford tomorrow night. Um, so the last game of Saturday's three o'clock was uh, West Ham three, Crystal Palace two. Um, this is a surprisingly entertaining game considering how Palace's games normally go, which is them clinging on for dear life to a nil, um, whilst the West Ham in this case went 1 0 down, um, and then Felipe Anderson decided to show up, and the rest is history.
0: Yeah, Felipe Anderson's up there with signing in the season. Um, I think he's settled very well. Um, I think it is, the Premier League. it's
1: him or Torreira, isn't it, so far?
0: That, yep, uh, that's that, that's the other player for me, yeah. Or,
1: or arguably Allison for yourselves, but for the price tag, I guess for the way he's allowed he us to play out from the back has helped a great deal, but, uh, you know, at £60 million, it's less of a surprise. Oh,
0: yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I guess it's you You pay that money for a goalkeeper that he's performing how it's expected for me, um whilst he's done some remarkable things, obviously, but I just think uh, we, we mentioned... um who were we talking about earlier? Uh, Tadic for Southampton. You know, Felipe Anderson is that is that player. You know, he's going to have quiet games. Um, it's just the type of players these guys are. But you know, when when something good's going to happen, you know that he's going to be part of it. Obviously, Tereros completely different. He's just integral to the way um, Arsenal need to to play now um, to add that bit of steel in the centre. But I don't know. There's just I I, I mocked West Ham for signing Anderson. I felt it was like a 5 seasons ago football manager. Um, but, you know, he's, he's doing the business. Um, and, and again, in the games that matter. You know, if he, if he doesn't turn up in the in the bigger games, I don't think it's an issue for West Ham. Um, you know, you need him to turn up against the, the Crystal Palace's, the the Southamptons, and, and even up to maybe the Everton's of the world, you know, because that's, that's where West Ham are hoping to sit. You know, that 7th, 8th. Nine. Yeah. Maybe, maybe pushing six, the way United are playing. Well, it's, it's, but... funny,
1: it's funny you mention that, because West Ham are now on 21 points in 11th. Monday um, night and 6th have 26. I say Everton are on 23, but could go to 26 on Monday night. Um, West Ham's run a form. I think the phrase is, making here while the sun shines, because the, the fixed list has been very kind in the last few weeks. Yeah. Uh, and I think it continues to be so until pretty much the new year. So, um, why not? Uh, Pellegrini's got them playing very nicely at the moment
0: I like how they're still playing young Declan Rice as well I'm a big fan quite a young talent I
1: saw him at St James's the other week and he's um, he's very good at what he does uh, Yeah, he, he doesn't try to be something he's not he breaks the play up and then he plays it to someone better than him and that's absolutely fine uh, it's not like he plays rake and 50 odd passes or anything he just wins it back and gives it to someone else Um I didn't think he was as good as he is, to be very honest with you, but uh, he's coming to his own, playing it uh, sort of in, in front of the back four rather than in the
0: back four. Yeah, I, I prefer him in that role, to be honest. Um, even if it's just to develop and then move back, you know, as he as he matures and, you know, gets the positioning down sort of thing. Because mm. um, obviously while he's in there, with the likes of Mark Noble, you know, it's it's a good babysitter type. Yeah. Type of role, so yeah. yeah, no, I'm I'm a big fan, and it's just I don't know, just I like Pellegrini. Um, it's I think he's doing a, I think he's doing a good job at West Ham. I think they're going to be one of those teams that are just going to be fun to watch. You know, they're going to take a couple of hide-ins because of the way they play. Um, but I think overall they're just going to entertain this season.
1: Yeah, fair play to them. I mean, it's taken a while to gel. They had a lot of new faces, but uh, <laughs> yeah, he stuck. He stuck with it. He hasn't uh, panicked during you know when they were losing like one 0 to Wolves in the last minute that kind of thing. Um. Obviously, those results are hard to take, but they've uh, they've come through it. Um, the last game of Saturday was a bonus 7.45 kickoff, where <coughs> Spurs ran out 2-0 winners over Leicester. Um, I suppose the big news was Harry Kane being rested, uh, but Son was fantastic once again. He scored one. I think he set up Ali for the other. Um, Spurs, after losing the North London derby, have now won twice in a week to go back into third um are Spurs challengers or are they just too far back
0: I think January come January if they're not too far back I think they could maybe be seen as challengers I personally don't even think I know it sounds really negative but I don't even class ourselves as challengers I'm just waiting on Man City to you know to burst away just doing Man City things um I still believe that Spurs could fall out the top 4 um, because of the lack of investment. Um, so all, all, I think January is massive for them. There's never been a team in Premier League history not to sign a player um, in a full season. Mm. And I think that could really haunt. Um, I mean, Kane never gets rested. So it kind of tells you Pochettino is starting to look ahead as well. Obviously, they've got a huge game midweek.
1: They as have, well, I mean, they're, they're very impressive. They managed to win that and get through that Champions League group. Um, I can't say it, but uh, you never know. They've got to be in it, and you know they'll, they'll no doubt have a go at it. Um, it doesn't help them that they've got the North London derby in the cup as well. So it's possibly in his mind that he is going to need a full squad for that. Uh, yeah, they've got been. a lot of big
0: games coming
1: up, haven't they? They have, um, but. You know, the third, they've gone under the radar for a lot of the season, because I don't think anyone could really... They just kept winning 1-0 and finding a way to win, you know, scrapping out wins here and there. We mentioned they've got Burnley at home next weekend, which, again, they should win. Um, They go to Everton just before Christmas, which is tough. Um, And the sandwich in between that is this cup game at Arsenal, um, which I say you can't really afford to to throw the reserves in, because it's still a big derby, though. You just lost one. (coughs) Um, but I, I, the last thing they want is to be turned over completely.
0: I mean, this is the start of the Pochettino rotation yes. period. Though. You know, it's where he swaps his full-backs in and out for alternative games. Um, obviously, they've got the the three centre halves who I think will keep rotating and save uh, Atonga and Sanchez and Alderweireld. Um, yeah,
1: well, they've got the problems with Sanchez's hamstring. I think he's done that. Uh, Trippier's oh, got, okay. got an ongoing issue with, uh, I think it's his groin. So many games, many injuries. It's um, it's a tough time for them. they haven't no wonder he's having to manage players in and out of games. Um, but I think they're going to have to settle for players in the Europa League. Which, on the one hand, all right, you can rotate the squad for that. But um, at this rate, whoever is going to be fifth, which could be Tottenham could be Arsenal one they might have to win the upper league at this rate
0: to get in yeah mm. i mean the top 4 is competitive as it has been for a while you know i mean i i, I, I rule out man united sorry man united fans but you're not making top 4 um and as we said like as we mentioned earlier arsenal are just going about their business yeah. i mean they they don't look great um they're getting late winners um it's kind of frustrating to watch at times. Just you know, you're that used to Arsenal. Either blowing teams away or looking a bit meh. But this year, they're not looking great. They're not looking meh. They're just doing a job and getting over the line. And Spurs are going to have to really keep up at their at their best. Um, finally, having that proper challenger there that could really, and they, they don't want to lose out to four two. To Arsenal. You know what I mean? That's not that's, that's criminal for them. Um, I, I think this was a good game for, for Spurs yesterday with dropping Kane. I mean, I, I, with everything that's happened at Leicester, I'm not sure they care so much about football this season.
1: No, as long as they're mid-table, well, I
0: think they'll be happy. Just I just think they want the season to, to end. A
1: line under it here, exactly.
0: Yeah, start fresh afresh. Um, and I mean, who can blame them? Oh, I mean, the fact that the players... Went out so soon after. Um, how, I mean, I was almost in tears watching Casper Schmeichel. Yeah. You know, that first game um, when they did the minute silence, and he was starting. I just didn't understand how he was going to get through the game. Um, and I don't understand why the opposition that day didn't start hitting shots from <laughs> 20, 30 yards, you know, because his head couldn't have been in the game. Um, but I think it was just a nice fixture for Spurs to get through. Um, obviously thinking of Wednesday which is you would never think about that over Leicester obviously in regular seasons but it's one of those I'm not I'm not sure how much Leicester are going to put up a fight to many teams this season um
1: well they're ninth they're uh, they're very comfortable they could easily push for that top 7 if they, if they if they want to um they're a very funny team Leicester I mean obviously a lot's gone on but uh normally going to the going to the king power is a is a tough game for Spurs to go there and leave out Kane and still win fairly comfortably. I know Vardy was missing for Leicester, who's obviously a big part of it, but... uh a very in and out season very yeah. understandably of course but,
0: yeah. do you know what Leicester are very good at beating the teams down below
1: yes yeah it's true
0: um, I mean even the year obviously they won the league although they beat some of the bigger teams but um, there's a guy I follow who's a who's a huge Liverpool contributor on Anfield Index um, <laughs> It kind of kind of demeans the little clubs but he just says look if you beat the draw you in the league you know I mean if you can beat every team outside the top six home and away you'll win the league you know the league's not yeah. one by beating the top teams and mm. that's what Leicester did two seasons ago three seasons yeah. ago when yeah. they did you know and, and that's what they continue to do they, they you don't really see them losing they're, they're always a safe bet against your Crystal Palace your Burnley's you know yeah I mean, uh,
1: they came up here and beat us very comfortably um yeah. a few months ago so it kind of makes your point um but yeah Spurs um continued to put the pressure on those around them they've the third, but it's looking like a five horse race for those four spots with uh, the added intrigue of Tottenham, Chelsea, and Arsenal potentially all being in the Europa League after Christmas. Uh, although, of course, Spurs could win in Liverpool as well. Liverpool as
0: well, I mean, yeah, massive yeah. game, obviously. So, it's it, this week is very crucial to League and Europe for yeah. England yeah. Um, and see how much rotation because even with rotation, there just seems to be that negative side of playing Sunday and.
1: That's well, just preparation time, isn't it. It? It's, Yeah. It's not good. Um, we said a few weeks ago, when within national break, we could see some managers who had two weeks to think about it and form their plans and they really worked. Um, so it just goes to show that with a bit of time on their hands, managers can really earn their corn, but when they're having to change around within a couple of days, it's uh, not always that easy to come up with something new and inventive to, to win you a game. Um,
0: That's where they're in bread bed and butter, isn't it? That's where they should be. Yeah
1: completely um, moving on to, uh, to Sunday then the only game <laughs> of the day was uh, Newcastle against Wolves uh, Wolves ran out 2-1 winners with a 94th minute goal um, Wolves had early taken the lead through Diogo Hodder Iota um, Perez equalised and then DeAndre Yedlin received a red card for denying an obvious goal scoring opportunity it was outside the box so by the letter of the law it should be a red card the only question mark which Benitez seems to have taken uh, umbrage with is that cells was coming round on the cover. Um, I was at the game. I was at the wrong end of the park for me. Ali, what was you've probably seen this on telly and seen it back. What's what's your? Uh, <laughs> well, I was
0: going to ask. I was I was going to ask you that first, um, as you were at the game. I mean, what was the thoughts of the Newcastle fans? Um, Non-bias, of course.
1: Well, I, immediately I thought that's a red card because it was outside the box, and because I knew I knew the rule had changed, and there's no more double jeopardy. But mm-hmm. um, in real time, I couldn't, it's hard to say if Lesels would have got round or not. Um, my immediate thought was that why Yedlin fouled him? I don't know because Yedlin's quick, um, and it's not like he had an open goal; like he was coming in from the left flank. So, like, all right, if you don't catch him, put pressure on him, the keeper's coming out. It's not guaranteed to be a goal.
0: Thank you. That's, that's that's That was my immediate reaction. Like Yedlin's one of the quickest players in the league. He's made a mistake, obviously lost the ball. Just keep pressure on him. Hmm. You could arguably catch him. Um, it's not like he was in the six-yard box. Um, but for me, I think it was a red card. Um, I, I think Tarko- no Tarkovsky, talking Burnley again. Huh. Uh, Lascelles was just maybe, you know, three or four yards, just two. Too wide from catching him. Um, I think he had a free shot at goal um, because of the way play had gone. Um, but I'm I of you. I just I don't, and even if they had scored from it, surely it'd be oh, better two-one down.
1: There was so long left in the game as well. Like
0: it's, yeah, there was still half an hour left. I think I'm sure it happened in about the 60th minute. Am I right?
1: I think it was 57. I think so
0: yeah, now, yeah. So yeah, still at least 30 in the end, probably 35 minutes. Right oh, time you added on time. Completely. It's, I I just I don't get it. I mean, if this had been in the 90th minute, yeah, um, and you're one all, and it was a massive point, or yep, I I I understand if it had been maybe from the halfway line. Of course, you take the take the book in Yeah. and even even take a deliberate red card. You know, if that's what you need to do, if you if you can't catch them with your hands and you have to throw your body at them and and kick the player down, yep, fine it's such a crucial time of the season for, for you guys um, and just to lose a player in any game it, it's just not it's just not clever I just I didn't understand it and the Sky commentators tried to have a go at the referee about it um, and I just, I don't know how you can't my, my biggest thing I can always say on penalties and free kicks is don't give a referee a decision to make then you can't argue mm. um, it's one of those you would never know I mean Loscelles could turn around and say oh I would have got him but it looks like he's going to catch them because the players went down and where the balls went. You don't know where that's going. That's true. You know, if it Fell hasn't made, so yeah, it I, just I i think the only person to blame here is Yedlin. Yeah. Um,
1: well, I mean, it was his, just, his mistake in the first place, gave the ball away, and then disaster from there. Um, the only other incident really was, uh, other than the goals, was Perez being elbowed accidentally or otherwise from a cross. Um, now, the biggest problem for me is that Mike Dean doesn't stop the game for a head injury. Wolves nearly scored from it. We're already down to 10 at this point, so having a man prone on the on the floor in the penalty area. If it's a head injury, he has to, the game has to be stopped. He, Mike Dean, as a referee, can't say he knows better and claim it's not a head injury. That's yeah, not, 100%. That's, not, that's where, not for him to decide.
0: No, even if a player's obviously play acting, you, you, in today's day and age with the whole concussion protocol, and this is why football is so far behind, every other sport in the world at um, that game as you say that game must be stopped. the minute a player is down holding their head the game should be stopped immediately
1: yeah and uh, I mean Perez I haven't seen it back but apparently he's broke his nose so he obviously did take an elbow oh. um, I seem to think he had some sort of cotton wool in his hand trying to stop the bleeding again yeah. from, from my vantage point I couldn't really see but uh, not a good day for Mike Dean in my opinion even if he got the red card right After that, he seemed to book everything that moved for any little foul, possibly trying to right the wrongs or whatever he thinks. But it was just a very—it's always about Mike Dean, isn't it? When he refs, it's always him. It's always him in the centre stage.
0: Yeah, unfortunately. I mean, as I think, I mean, we went a bit ahead of ourselves, obviously pre-pod, and we were speaking about this. Um, Yeah, I think he's had doubts in his head about the penalty, about the red card. and I think that he's just after that, he's tried to make every foul a caution. Um, and it kind of spoiled the game because it was quite end to end. And it was quite, even after the game, I thought, after this end and all, it was quite an even game. Yeah. Um, myself and, and the boss Ross were kind of talking about it. and We even said that you guys actually looked more dangerous to score. Um,
1: I'd go along with that. I mean, Wolves didn't know how to play against 10 men. They liked playing on the counter. They had the ball a lot. They didn't know how to, how to break us down? Um, they were very rushed. Every time they gave the ball away, they, had, they fouled immediately. It was strange, very strange to watch. Um, the young boy Gibbs White came on, and he—he he was probably the worst forward. He didn't—he didn't know how to how to adapt to uh, to what was happening around him. Um, they ended up changing the system, I think, and put him a bit further forward because he came on playing in the middle of the park. Um, but after all we said about Wolves and them not being up for it and them, the the wheels falling off, that's six points in the week. They're back in the tenth. Uh, crisis averted I think for them
0: yeah. well, do you know what I found strange and it's and, and what I mean I've I seen rules and bits and pieces last year but it's hard to judge when they're in the championship because obviously the calibre opponent is obviously lower um, and they, they kind of like steamrolled all their opponents but when they went when guys went a man down my first instinct would have been right get Matinho on yeah you know that creative player that experience and also, we seen that later on when he did come on and he moved. Was it Gibbs White you said the, the young guy's name was? Yeah,
1: so he came on playing centre mid and he ended up having to go further forward with Matinho coming on to give him some,
0: Martino, co- some control. And, that, and that's when they looked dangerous. Mm. Um, and also bringing him and his on at the same time. But I just feel that Matinho should have been the first one on at the time. Yeah. As soon as the sending off went on, I would have been saying, Matinho, right, okay, can you go out, get ready. Um, or could have put you on, especially when they were bringing on him on at the same time.
1: Ah, uh, well, the two subs were, yeah. the two subs, uh, Gibbs White and him, and were, were stripped for yeah. one before the red. So uh, the, okay, the, so they
0: just rather than change it,
1: they delayed it for a couple of minutes, but then made the okay. change anyway. So yeah. maybe that was part of it, but uh, either way, <sighs> it's, a, it's a day I like to forget because that's now seven home losses I think this season uh, wow, yeah, yeah. Al- already. Um, and, it's a uh, tough season
0: for you guys so far.
1: It is, but there's talk of a takeover again. Um, if it's true, happy days. If it's not, we will back the drawing board. Um, honestly, if we get taken over and we stay up, it's the best season possible for us. Um, I don't care if it's 17th or whether it's 11th. like, It makes no difference to me. If, oh. if that owner changes over, um, that's a win for us in my opinion. No.
0: Okay. On the, I, I wanted to actually bring this up with you tonight. Um, I was listening to Talksport earlier, mm-hmm. and, a, and a Newcastle journalist was on talking about the takeover, obviously. And because there's always there's obvious concerns when it comes to takeovers. Sometimes, obviously, the the grass isn't always greener as bad a, a badder owner as Mike Ashley is. At least you're kind of only dealing with one person, because they're saying that a lot of the the rumored takeovers are consortiums. Yeah which sometimes can be a bit... But
1: if it's if it's Peter Kenyon at the head of this consortium, right, okay. and, he, and he comes in as chairman or chief executive, whatever you want to call it, having a football man who, yeah. who's ran clubs before in that position is immediately better than what we've currently got, which is a businessman trying to make money out of a football make club. Make money off the club,
0: yeah. Which, I didn't know Peter Kenyon had anything to do with the consortium. They well, never mentioned that. Well,
1: whether, whether it is him or not, I don't know. Yeah. He, he seems to be the rumoured name in the frame, but at the same time, I don't believe it for a second because it's Mike Ashley, and there was supposed to be a boycott today, and all of a sudden all this news comes out. Oh, we're going to be taken over, and uh, the boycott got cancelled because they didn't want to upset any potential owners by, you know, seeing a, a mad a mob scene. Um, so it's, you just don't know. He's full of lies, and he always has been. So
0: yeah,
1: uh, I hope. I really do hope it's happening for real. Everyone seems to be more confident it's happening for real this time, but. Uh, I- how can you how can you know with that, with that idiot in charge like he could pull the plug at any given moment
0: it's it's very strange i mean when you think of newcastle newcastle's a huge club mm-hmm. um i mean the stadium's always full the fans are unbearably popular <laughs> um you've got a you've got a genuine world class manager and arguably who's your biggest asset at the club yep, um completely. oh yeah you get you know you get some money and rafa can bring in some some incredible sign-ins for even on the cheap. Um, if he can get his, if can get his way, I mean, I, I just don't believe he's lost that, you know, too much. Um, it's just one of you. I'm very surprised that Newcastle have never been, you know, that offer to buy out of all the clubs who've had new owners. Um, I know
1: it's sickening, but I honestly think there has been people interested before, but the, the owner just, ha- hasn't wanted to sell. Yeah, so it's only now that. You know, there's been various things done against his baby, which is Sports Direct that he's started hit the share price and things. And with all the stuff going with House of Fraser and everything else that's going on, I think now it's got the point where it is too much of a distraction for him And if he can
0: get out while he can. he can, and
1: if the... he can get out now, he's he's he's, he's we're going nowhere. And I think he realizes that now when he it's what you got to gain from staying around now. Absolutely nothing. Everyone knows about his This sports brand. Um, he's, he's proven he can't run a football club. He's proven he can't keep anybody happy. I think he should get out before. If we get relegated again, it's another two years before you'll sell because he'll obviously make a huge loss of selling it for whatever it's worth in the championship.
0: And then you'll get the bonuses to get back up. And yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, he's hated up here, obviously, with the whole Rangers saga. Yes. Exactly. Um... That was the only thing I've ever liked them for. To be honest, <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't mind that club going into turmoil. But well, I, I mean, I, I was never a massive Newcastle fan. I don't know. There was always always had a bee and a bonnet about them. Um, but but the minute you got Rafa, um, I've just now I've now got that increase in water. Just well, it's nice to see a club just who gets, who adore Rafa as much as we did. He just um, unlike the, Chelsea. The, yeah, he, he buys in, doesn't he? He, he just completely uh, the culture, the the city, and. Um, yeah, no. It's. Um, I hope for you guys that something comes of it, and and you just get a positive, a positive Christmas. Um, well, hopefully, because it it needs to happen before January. There's no point it happening afterwards. No, that's true. Um, because I, mean, I don't see Mike Ashley giving you as much money of any um, no. in January. So,
1: no, definitely not. But. Uh... We'll see what happens on that front. So, that defeat um, drops Newcastle 15th, thanks to Cardiff's win, but uh, still three points above the relegation places, and it's away to Huddersfield next weekend in a pretty big game, has to be said. Uh, Ali, is there anything else you'd like to touch on this week?
0: I think we've kind of covered it all. I mean, I think, like just to take it back to the one non-football issue, just, like, it, the whole sterling racism thing. Um, just, all I can say is, if, if anybody... Yeah who's seen any or witnessing this around you, just speak up, you know, somebody around you, or they're just waiting on you to say something because they don't want to say it first. So just, just speak out. It's not right. It's 2018 for God's sake. We can abuse each other in many other ways. Um, and, <laughs> in, and, in a, in a banterful way. Um, as many rival fans do across the world without being offensive and abusive.
1: Well said. Um, what is your Twitter? Another social, Ali, if you'd like. Um,
0: oh, I am Ali Thompson eighty four for all things Liverpool football and wrestling.
1: Fantastic, uh, and you can find me on Twitter at cm nine seven nine eight, or you can find the whole Man on the Post podcast uh, oh. at, at Man on the Post. Uh, that's it for us this week, though. Um, thank you very much for listening, and uh, please always remember to keep your man on the post. <laughs>